the four-wheel chase experience. I love it. The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase podcast. Projections like him. Um, they see him as like a three or four, like again, projections. The game still has to be played, um, but that that's what we have to go off of right now. They see him as about a three and a half win player next year, which would be really nice value uh, for the Giants. Yeah. Jeff Young, what's up, man? Uh, happy New Year. I think we're past the uh, Happy New Year stage, but I haven't said it to you yet, so it still counts. Yeah. Uh, how's it going? Well, uh, Happy New Year to you. Um, there was uh, one time, one year, where somebody was wishing people Happy New Year into March, and I was like, that person is crazy. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. I, I think after— That is unacceptable. Yeah, it is. After the third, I think that's that's really where it's like, all right, we're in the new year. Like, you don't have to wish us Happy New Year. It's like the Monday of the new year. Like, we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, January 12th, it's pretty much too late. But, you know, in this case, it, it works. But, yeah, if you're like Larry David, I think he gives you until, like, the third or yeah. fourth or something. And then it's – that's the – or the seventh or – I don't yeah. know. The cutoff is early. But it makes sense. How how was your holidays, though? Uh, Christmas and New Year's? What would you do? It was pretty uneventful. Um, had a very small gathering uh, with my family on – or around Christmas, um, and then for New Year's, I just hung out at home. I was thinking about going out, and uh, I didn't because it was cold. Um, so I just sat at home and lit a fire, watched a couple movies, and stayed up till midnight. That was about it. How was yours? Yeah, you know, I don't. I never really do much for New Year's <laughs> either. I watched football. I hung out. It was cool. Yeah. I was good with it. I didn't care. I didn't really care about doing anything crazy, but. So, <laughs> so anyway, we'll go ahead and chat. We'll chat some baseball. That's what we're here to do. And you do it a lot for the Giants, talking about the Giants and going on the radio. Have you been on the radio lately? No, they uh, they got rid of the nighttime show. <laughs> they they started having <laughs> me on the show, and then after two years, like we we gotta cut this. We gotta cut this off. So, um, it wasn't it wasn't because of me. That's a joke. Um. I know, but yeah, they they did get they they did get rid of the nighttime show. So um, I went on a Sacramento based uh, station a couple of weeks ago, but that's been about it. I, I'll be on uh, probably during the baseball season now. Yeah, you were talking with Dieter, and uh, there's some other shows you've been on, but you haven't talked with them, I guess, lately. Not lately. It's uh, I mean, all the the I mean, the six to ten time slot is is no more uh for that radio station so uh there's there's uh the the, the radio spots have dried up i guess <laughs> what do they have uh what do they have on in place of what they used to have on it's like um like national radio or something it's it's just i see like it sucks because people have been like my routine is like i go home i listen to KMBR, like i did that for years and years and i know i'm not I'm not unique in that regard. Everyone else, or a lot of people did. Um, it was something to do when you'd walk your dog. It's something to do when you made dinner. You know, it just, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, um, I can't listen to it during, I can't listen to sports talk radio during the day um, because I'm working. Uh, so at night, that was kind of my, 
my way of getting my my sports fix in for the day so um it's it's national stuff so they don't really touch on you know local sports uh maybe occasionally the niners maybe maybe the warriors every now and again but it's i don't know i don't enjoy it and San Jose Sharks hockey, of course, one of the worst teams in the league, but make it the first pick. So, are they going to get the first pick? I mean, that's that's their goal this year, right? <laughs> oh yeah, I would say so. I mean, they got off to such a horrible start, and not that they're any better, but they at least became more competitive and haven't really kept up with them. But I know they're towards the bottom. But you know, it's a rebuild. They're supposed to yeah, be where yeah. they are right now. It's so. going to be a long rebuild. Um, you know, it's funny talking about. I mentioned Dieter Kurtenbach, so I, I actually reached out to him uh, a couple years ago now, and he was right away was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, some kind of a podcast, and uh, I always intended to get back with him. I just didn't, not yep. for any real reason. I just hadn't had the, you know, I just was waiting for a specific time, I guess. But anyway, sure. I finally, I remember I asked you. In fact, I said, I think I asked if you had talked with him or something, and I looked at his Twitter. And uh, I was like, you know what? I should reach back out. So I, I finally texted the number he gave me a couple, like two or so years ago. And I texted the number and someone responded and they were like, hey, wrong number, bro, or something. And I was <laughs> like, oh, sorry. And um, oh, I know what happened. So actually the way I knew that or the way I was able to like text Dieter for real was um, I had reached out because he had like a WhatsApp or not, not WhatsApp, but he had like a, some other number in his Twitter sure. and he said, you know, reach out to my real phone number. So he gave me his real number and I thought I already had it saved and I realized it was off like a digit. So when I, when I texted the other number he gave me, uh, someone else responded and I was like, Oh, sorry. But then I texted him for real. And then I, and then I, and then I was like, Hey, are you still on the radio these days? Or what are you doing these days? And he was literally on a radio show that moment. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to tune in and listen to this. <laughs> yeah. So th this probably never like reached you whatsoever, but they, um, cut one of the guys, they, they let off one of the guys from this really popular morning show on, on that station and he was asked to uh fill in while they kind of like settled that uh and he didn't know anything going into it from what i understand is and uh he just happened to be like the first voice like that everyone heard when uh after they announced that they you know that they uh cut ties with one of their uh you know one of the guys they had been there's a show murph and mac has been around for 18 years and they they uh unfortunately got rid of one of them so he was one of the uh, fill-ins during that time. So kind of a kind of a weird couple of days. So that was but Dieter. Did, that was the fill-in. Dieter was, yeah. He does a really good job, though. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good good radio voice. Good, uh, you know, good stuff. He does. But, yeah, so I would, I'm gonna. If I had a, if I had a voice like his, I would do radio. Oh yeah, I'm gonna reach out to him again pretty soon, and actually might might continue the Giants trend because I talked with Steven Risotto yep. last time and. Now you and I don't think I've talked with you officially on the record. We text nonsense every day, but yeah. on the record, baseball stuff we haven't done this in like a over a year, I think. But yep. I also mainly because I just you know busy twenty twenty three, but getting back into it. But yeah, so your San Francisco Giants have been having an interesting off season. So they got Bob Melvin as the manager first and foremost. Uh, you like that move, right? I think Bob's a good good manager. Uh, maybe interesting that he was with the Padres for like what 
two years or something, and then the Padres are a mess. They tried to win. It, obviously, spending money doesn't equate to championships, especially in San Diego. Uh, so he's in San Francisco. I don't know if Gabe Kapler, I don't know what your thoughts are on him exactly, because I don't know how much of it was him and how much of it is just the Giants, because outside of that random 107-win season a couple years ago, they were pretty much a 500 team before yeah. and after. But uh, I would say it's probably an upgrade to get Bob, right? Yeah, I mean, he's been managing for 20, 20 plus years. Um, you know, he's he's pretty well well regarded. He's somebody I've always liked from afar. Yeah, he was with the Oakland A's for over 10 years. Um, so the yeah. Giants saw him quite a bit over the years and are very familiar with him. Uh, for anxiety, the Giants president of baseball operations, if I had to guess... This is probably like if the entire managerial field was open, Bob Melvin would probably be one of his top choices uh, because they, you know, they had a pre-existing relationship and that, you know, that that goes a long way when you're when you're trying to fill a vacancy. And for Bob Melvin, it was a good chance for him to uh, come home because he he grew up in uh, in the Bay Area. Um, it was also a good chance to kind of get out from the Padres job uh, for what, whatever reason, it just didn't work out. I mean, it's crazy when you look at the numbers, like the roster wasn't bad in San Diego. Oh, it, it almost yeah. makes no sense. Like they had the, I think they had the top rotation ERA in baseball or in, in the, the, in the national league, at least, um, you know, they had a pretty solid lineup, star started a lineup, Juan Soto, Manny Machado. It just makes no sense that it didn't work out the way it did. And I know, um, I, I know things kind of became tense uh, between Bob Melvin and AJ Preller. Supposedly, that's something that yeah. that just kind of that's that's how it started out, and it, it never really resolved itself. So uh, nice hire, um, Gabe Kapler. You know, sad to see him go. Um, you know, I I didn't really have an opinion of his managerial style after about you know what was he four years as the Giants manager. So to me that that was like a signal that like hey he's not the worst he's not a bad manager but i don't know if he was necessarily a good manager either and i think some of his decisions especially you know this year it just really um highlighted to me that they probably needed to make a change um but you know at the end of the day it's you're you're only as good as your roster so the, the roster just did not perform too so kind of a long-winded answer for bob melvin gabe kapler uh nice hire well you know i mentioned that uh kapler was more or less a 500 manager in san francisco he was 295 and 248 so 543 winning percentage and yeah. he was 161 163 in philly when he was the phillies the phillies manager before that so uh 526 overall i think so yeah and yeah as far as kapler like i said uh 80 and 82 in philly 81 and 81 29 and 31 in that covid shortened san francisco first yep. season and then the random 107 wins that just comes out of nowhere and then 81 81 and 78 81 isn't that 21 2021 team just it's just so weird that they won 107 games out of nowhere basically it's it's strange when you look back on it now and the Giants have been a 500 team over the past couple of years. It's strange. But when you look at that roster, and I, I don't know what to make of Brandon Crawford having an MVP caliber season, Buster Posey, who took the 2020 season off um, due to the, the COVID pandemic. Um, and there was personal reasons behind that as well. Um, 
you know, he had another just fantastic year. Um, I, I don't know if you remember, but he had surgery, I think in 2018, major hip surgery. And it really sapped him in 18 and 19 of his power. And he just did not look like the same hitter. But he came back in 21. You know, he was able to turn on fastballs on the inside, on the inside again. Uh, he looked healthy. And I think Kapler's managing of his workload was a really nice job in that, you know, Posey, I mean, if it was pretty systematic. It was every, you know, uh, every series he would start two games, sit a game, start two games, sit a game. So it was, uh, I think it was really good for keeping him fresh in that regard. Uh, but yeah, if you look at the 107 win season, Logan Webb came out of nowhere and became, you know, just a, just an ace. Kevin Gossman got Sal Young votes. Um, both Alex Wood and Anthony D. Scafani both had very nice years. So uh, everything went well. Um, and, you know, it, it's kind of hard when you look at Gabe Kapler's uh, tenure with San Francisco. When you look strictly at his win-loss record, it's like, wow, he had a really good win-loss record. But you almost have to do, you almost have to add that grain of salt and say like, well, you know, he did win 107 games one year. And then the other three years, he was just right around 500 or below it. So it's kind of a weird uh, tenure, uh, weird tenure in that he was really successful overall. Um, but, you know, there, there was more going on there. So uh, 2021 was a weird season for the Giants in a very good way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever looked at this before, but on baseball reference, when you can look at the manager, like the record and everything, the managerial tend tendencies, it also shows you how many challenges he won and how many were overturned and the ejections. Yeah. He was only ejected three times as a Giants manager across four seasons, and he was ejected four times in 2019 as the Phillies manager. I thought he was more of a hothead than he appeared to be in, no. you know. <laughs> uh that that was one of the criticisms that fans had um yeah you know th there were plenty of reasons why people didn't like gabe kapler it, it felt personal at times yeah it, it, it felt personal at times but one of the criticisms that people had was that you know he didn't uh try to get thrown out of the games more because hmm. um you know it, it felt like he wasn't protecting his players when you know an umpire missed a bad call or something like that uh, but yeah, he's not a hothead. He's very like, he's Chill. very even keeled, like a hundred percent of the time. It's uh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, almost robotic in a sense, and I, I think that's another thing that rubbed uh, some people the wrong way. But uh, you know, he yeah. seemed like a really yeah. I, I think there there were positives to his tenure as well. So it wasn't all bad yeah. or anything like that. Right, yeah. I guess I think of uh, like a video, probably a John Boy video, where he had like an ejection epic epic ejection rant or something with the Phillies but yep. I can also see that sort of easy going laid back type vibe or whatever however you want to characterize that but anyway so they get Bob Melvin I think that's a pretty good hire and um then the Giants have been linked to a lot of players, almost everybody, it seems like, throughout the offseason. And then for whatever reason, so-and-so goes somewhere else, and Stroman went to the Yankees. And uh, we knew Otani was not going anywhere but the Dodgers, yep. but I think they were linked to him, too. And, they were. You know, at least, you know, in some, you know. And then, uh, but then they get Jung-Hoo Lee, and I talked with Risotto, Stephen Risotto, about him. Uh, and... It's a nice size contract, but uh, you know he's coming over here. 
He's obviously new to the United States and Major League Baseball, but what do you think about that signing and what he's going to do this season and, you know, what is what his uh, profile looks like? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he performs this year. Uh, you know, players coming over from the KBO, uh, like Jung Hoo Lee is, uh, they, they tend to struggle uh, in their first year. We saw it with uh, Ha Sung Kim of the San Diego Padres, who's really become a really good player for them. Um, but I, I mean, I like Lee's skill set in that it's it's so different than what the Giants uh, typically have. You know, he's very contact oriented. The Giants struck out like more times than just about every team in baseball. They have one of the highest strikeout rates. Uh, he's fast. The Giants are one of the slowest teams in baseball. Um, you know, he he uh, he's you know he's a uh, plays in the middle of the diamond, which the Giants just don't have a lot of those guys. I mean, for years it was Brandon Crawford, but uh, it feels like they've kind of turned the page on on that era at this point. He's a free agent, uh, but I, I don't expect him re-signing with the Giants. Uh, so Junku Lee, like, checks off a lot of boxes that the Giants want. He's, he's also young. He's 25 years old. Um, I, I think one thing that's going to be interesting is seeing how, you know, his swing kind of evolves uh during his time with the giants because uh if you look at his numbers in the kbo he had a very high ground ball rate and um you know i, I think some of that is tolerable because he does uh you know use the entire field pretty well um but there's going to be a lot of ground balls to the second baseman if he doesn't really find a way to impact the ball at a better uh at a better angle um so i, I think the first year is really going to be trying to uh correct that trend that that's just a guess I, i'm not you know i'm not an expert at this so um just that that's my my two sets on this i guess yeah he got a six-year 113 million dollar deal so the first main commitment the giants made this offseason and then a couple of recent moves obviously with the Robbie Ray trade for uh, Mitch Haniger and you mentioned Anthony Discofani before i think i saw anthony pitch against the nationals back in july i think he pitched i want to say he was maybe the opener in that random sunday game and the nats swept the giants <laughs> i can't remember if he was the yeah. opener or not but i think i saw him pitch but um anyway uh so the robbie ray trade did that come out of nowhere for you and giants fans or i mean i didn't see it coming anyway i not that i'm super tapped in and honed in on the giants all the time but i was kind of surprised and he's coming off tommy john surgery so he made one start last year but former cy young winner you know pretty good pitcher coming off tommy john surgery what do you what are you kind of thinking as far as his 2024 goes he does have really high upside i mean if you look at his numbers uh, throughout his career he's he's arranged from an average pitcher to an elite pitcher which you know, the elite side is a little less common. He's probably somewhere in the middle. Uh, guys coming back from Tommy John surgery, I mean, they just don't have the command. They don't have the, the sharpness that they that they had uh, prior to their surgery. So uh, uh, it usually takes time to kind of regain that form. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if he's struggling at first right out the gates. I mean, he's going to probably miss the first two months um of the season at a minimum he had tommy john surgery in may of 2023 it's a 12-month recovery time so i'd be surprised if he was uh pitching sooner than uh june so that probably means he's gonna at most have 20 starts in 2024 um 
I would expect just some type of uh, adjustment curve, just given that he's coming off of major elbow surgery. It's pretty common. You look at guys like uh, uh, Johnny Cueto, who just wasn't himself right after Tommy John surgery, although he was on the older side. Um, so it's it's an interesting addition for the Giants because Robbie Ray has such high upside. Um, I don't think we're going to ever see that 2021 Cy Young form again, but he was perfectly acceptable uh, in 2022, he made 32 starts. He had like a sub four ERA, uh, really solid numbers. I think if he replicates that, um, or like two, two of the next three years, I think the Giants would be happy with that addition, but, um, it's a costly one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting move. Surprising it happened. Um, anytime the Giants make a move, it's usually, it comes out of nowhere. There, there's usually very little, um, information that comes from it beforehand, like the um, the Jordan Hicks signing today, there was no, you know, no no one was even speculating that. So uh, Robbie Ray, uh, interesting move, high upside. He's going to miss some time this year. Um, so uh, I think the Giants have to prepare for how they're going to uh, kind of mitigate some of that time that he's going to miss uh, with with other guys in the rotation. And Hanniger ends up back in Seattle where he played uh, for quite a while from 17 through 22 or 17 to 19, 21 to 22. Yep. I guess in 2020 he was in what, Japan? I think I just saw it, but. He was with uh, the Mariners. No, in 2020. Uh, let's see. Oh, was he in Seattle that year? Yep. Oh, 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 oh. He sat out due to COVID. That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I saw something that made me think something japan oh oh i see it in 2018 he was the uh he was named to the mlb all-stars team at the 2018 mlb japan all-star series That's oh what yeah was. yeah th- those are uh they they do that every few years it's like in november um it looks really cool you just mentioned jordan hicks so okay so jordan hicks gets a four-year 44 million dollar deal he's made eight starts in his career but he's going to be the full-time starter of this season and going forward yeah, I mean, that, that's what they're planning to do. Whether that that happens or not, I think that remains to be seen. But he did come up as a starter. He was uh, converted to a reliever at some point in the minors. I, I don't know the exact year. I think it was 2018 or something like that. Um, it, it's an interesting addition for a lot of reasons. One being Jordan Hicks throws 100 miles an hour. Um, that's I, Can he sustain that level of velocity uh, throughout a start? That's going to be interesting. Um you know, he, he doesn't have good command whatsoever. Uh, has a pretty full uh, pitch mix that you would expect as a starter. He has, a, I think he, it's a good, uh, I mean, it was a slider, but now it's a sweeper. Um, so sinker, sweeper, mix. I, I think he has a third pitch uh, somewhere in there that I'm blanking on. Um, he's also only 27. So, I mean, if you look at it from an age standpoint, and, and that's a really important quality, I mean, it's it's very possible that he still has several peak years in front of him, whether that's in the rotation or in the bullpen. Um, the fact that it's a four-year, $44 million deal means that they've committed $11 million to him over the next four years. Um, I hope he can stick as a starter. I mean, it's fine value if he uh, falls back into the, the bullpen. He's fine in that role. I, I just, I don't know. I... I I don't really like investing that much in, in relievers just because their their career arcs are, are so chaotic. And I mean, you look at you look at Hicks's numbers, and and he's good, he's fine, 
uh, but 11 million, I, I, there's a better use of that that money on the roster than in the bullpen. That's just how I see it. I mean, they signed Taylor, Taylor Rogers to a three-year, $33 million deal last year. And to me, it's like he was fine. He had like a three-and-a-half ERA. It's just not what – you're not really maximizing value there. Um, but that that's just my opinion about investing in bullpen arms. So I know that wasn't your question, but um, I think best-case scenario, he – um, turns into a mid-rotation arm. Worst case scenario, he goes back to the bullpen and, and does a fine job there. Yeah, if he goes to the bullpen, I mean, he's making money that would generally go to a, like a closer, I would say, for $44 million, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. If he's a starter, that's one thing, and if he ends up as like a middle reliever, then he's getting a lot of money to be in the bullpen, but it might be an effective piece if it works out either way. Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting move. So with the Giants, what's your thoughts in terms of like what this team looks like as we near spring training in a couple of weeks? Is this team, are they trying to be a playoff team? Could they be a playoff team? I'm probably a wild card. I think it looks like the Dodgers have already got yeah. the NOS probably sewed up. I mean, unless something just goes disastrous like the Mets last year. But wild card is the in the cards, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's kind of the best case scenario. I mean, the Dodgers have the wild card locked up, probably for the next for for the foreseeable future at this point. Um, or yeah, I, I mean the NL West uh, locked up. Um, but the Giants, I mean, they were in the wild card race for much of the year. It, it really took a really bad collapse from the team in the final two months of the season uh, that left them out of the playoff picture. But I, I mean, I think if they're in the neighborhood of eighty-two to eighty-four wins. Uh, they they have a good chance of reaching the the, the playoffs through through the wild card, um, and I, I think that's kind of how they see themselves. Um, they won seventy eight games last year, and that's with guys like Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto struggling pretty badly, um, and just Jock Peterson wasn't the all star hitter that he was in the prior year. Their rotation just fell apart. I don't know if you know this, but they they for much of the year they were using openers to kind of like string together um, a rotation because uh, the guys that they had in there, Ross Stripling and Shaw Manaya, uh, Anthony DiScafani, um, they just weren't reliable. There was another guy in there as well that I'm blanking on. Um, but Logan Webb and Alex Cobb were the two reliable pitchers that they had. And um, the other three spots in the rotation, they usually used openers. So um, a lot went wrong for the Giants, uh, and, and you know, to be honest, they kind of set themselves up for it. Um, and I, I think they're hoping that guys like Conforto just perform better uh, next year. Um, you know, another weak spot on the roster was the shortstop position. It was, I, I think, it was one of the least valuable shortstop positions in baseball. Left field was no different. Um, if they can just get you know, replacement level value out of those positions. I mean, we're talking like, you know, one to two or maybe even three wins just right there. Just Michael Conforto being a better left fielder than what the Giants had last year. So um, I I think best case scenario, they win, you know, 82 wins or win 82 games and that gives them a shot to reach the, the wild card. But um, we'll, we'll see, I guess, at this point. It's hard to tell. I mean, the, the offseason still is, is going on for every team. The Giants are no different. They've been mostly quiet until recently. Um, but it feels like they still have another move or two to make. Yeah, what do you think they might do? 
I have no idea. Uh, I spent all uh, all winter trying to guess as to what they might do, and I'm usually way off. Um, guys like Sonny Gray and Marcus Stroman made a lot of sense for the Giants. Um, you know, stylistically, that's that's what they like in a pitcher, a guy with like really high ground ball rates who attacks the strike zone and uh, doesn't give up a lot of walks. I mean, that's kind of those two guys right there. Um, I I think they're going to pivot to the position players. I don't know whether it's going to be from a trade or through a free agency. They've been connected to Matt Chapman a lot this year. Uh, he has connections to the organization. Bob Melvin, being the manager, was uh, Chapman's manager when he was with the A's. Uh, Zaidi is familiar with Chapman dating back to his days, uh, dating back to his days with the A's as well. Um, there's some, you know, there, there's some fit on paper there. I don't know if the Giants want to pay for six years and 150 million for the, for a guy like Chapman, who is a good player, but he's not really a star player. And, you know, the back half of that contract could look pretty rough, um, because he, he doesn't really have, a you know, he, he's a good hitter, but he's not like a, you know, and a, he, he's not like a well above average hitter. He's just a solid hitter. And when that regresses uh, as he ages, it's, he, he's probably going to go from, you know, a guy who's slightly above average to a guy who's below average. And that's probably going to happen in the next couple of years, um, uh, just from an offensive standpoint. He, he does provide some value uh, defensively. He's a four-time goal glove winner. He's a really good base runner, too. Um, that adds up. Uh, so I think that's one guy that they're connected to. Um, I, I don't know how realistic of an option he is. Um, and if he's not the option, I, I don't know where they pivot to at this point because free agency is pretty limited um, for filling the needs that the Giants have. Well, I guess Blake Snell's not in the equation anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, it made at one point there was a lot of uh, smoke out there saying that the the Giants were going to be connected to Snell. And it just feels like it never came to fruition. Um, and he really doesn't have a really extensive market at this point, which is odd for a guy coming off of a Cy Young season. But I, I think teams have reservations about giving him, you know, a six-year, $200 million contract, given that, you know, he's really, he, he has below average command. Um, he doesn't go deep in the games. I think he averaged uh, 5.1 innings per start uh, last year, which is the equivalent of, what, 16 outs per game. So, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of bullpen work that has to go into a Blake Snell start, and I, I think that's that's kind of tough to digest if you're paying $30 million for a guy, which is kind of what he's projected to receive. Um, but he's they've been connected to him. I, I just... I, I don't know if he's a fit. Um I, I would say he kind of goes against what they're what they like stylistically in the pitcher. Although they've kind of upended that trend recently by adding guys like Robbie Ray and, and Jordan Hicks, two guys who are not really good strike throwers, but they throw hard. They get a lot of strikeouts. So um, I, I mean, I guess it's possible. I just feel like that they're they're gonna be looking elsewhere at this point. Yeah, it's funny that Snell was there is the reigning Cy Young winner, and it's just kind of. See, I mean, hopefully he'll end up somewhere, but it's funny that, you know, he's kind of got this weird thing with, like you said, the limited, uh, somewhat limited innings and the the walks and all that stuff. So yeah. it is kind of funny, but 
if you had a guess, where do you think he'll go? Dodgers? <laughs> yeah, man. If he goes the, uh, I, I feel like he's going to get like a kind of interesting, I, I don't know. Uh, I, he could get like a really interesting type of deal where it's like to your $80 million deal. Like I'm just throwing numbers out there mm-hmm. with a chance to opt out after the first season. I mean, I could see something like that happening with him uh, because it doesn't feel like he's going to get six years right now. I don't know. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I could see, I mean, the Angels are a team that needs kind of a new face now that Shohei Otani uh, is in Los Angeles with the Dodgers, of yeah. course. Um, I, I could see him being a player. I just don't know who else is right now. Um, I, I mean, Scott Boers is his agent, so he's going to get paid. He's going to get a lot of money. Uh, Scott Boers always finds a way to get that done for the players. Um, I just don't know where it's going to be because you look at teams like the Red Sox, you know, they're they're operating more like a, a mid-market team right now. The Yankees, they're not going to tie up another rotation spot to a guy making 30 million i mean they, they they've already invested a lot of money into that rotation i don't think that's likely braves that's a no dodgers probably not right um if you start going down the 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 list of big market teams there there just aren't that many right now who i could see realistically going after blake snell and, and the same to a lesser extent is true for jordan montgomery as well yeah, he's another one that's out there. I wonder where he's going to go, too. You got Snell, Montgomery. Like you said, there's, there's Chapman. There's Bellinger. There's still guys that are out there that's going to sign somewhere at some point. But, you know, it's January 12th as of right now, and maybe it'll extend into spring training. But I got I got some breaking news for you. Oh, no. So uh, we started off by talking about the whole, like, no late night programming on KNBR. Well, according to Steven Risotto, <laughs> who I think I've never actually done this where I've had like break quote unquote breaking news and then like cite a source. But apparently, according to Steven Risotto, who's actually referencing, do you know Adam Copes? Is that how oh, you say yeah. his name? Yeah, Adam Copes. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh, uh, KNBR. Cope, Cope, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's the KNBR director. Um, I, I just saw what you're saying. They're bringing it back. Good. Finally, so late night, late night programming returns. Yeah, and at at Adam Copes on Twitter, so that's where I saw that. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you you got your spots back. Someone will be calling you soon. <laughs> Somebody would be calling me, and and maybe uh, may, maybe after a couple more years, they'll just be like, you know what, we're gonna shut it down for good. Nobody wants to listen to this guy talk baseball. Send uh, this reel to them. They'll be all yeah. over you. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, so it's funny that we were talking, like literally as we started this, maybe maybe a little bit after the fact, uh, Steven tweeted that. So uh, there you go. So last postseason was pretty interesting because you had the Bruce Bochy Texas Rangers winning it all over your NLS rival, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I mean, the D-backs were that wild card team that I don't think many people gave a shot and they just went all the way to the World Series. So who's to say the Giants, not the not that they're going to do it necessarily, but a team yeah. like that could win 82-3 games and get in and make a run. Yeah, I, I mean, I, people, um, you know, a lot of people uh, kind of say that the, the baseball playoffs is a crapshoot. Um, there's an element of truth to that. And there's just that, like, that logic of just trying to get into the playoffs because if you get in the playoffs, you you have a good job of advancing. So, um, yeah. Uh, like 
it's it's so weird because like a 110 win team versus a 85 win team it, it's not always about like who you play but when you play them and if that 110 win team is for one reason or another like if they're on a bad streak they could get knocked out in three games i mean you see it happen all the time um yeah so i think for the giants for any team it's just a matter of trying to get into the playoffs the giants aren't going to do it through the nl west so they, they have to you know they have their sights set on uh j- just to reach the wild card yeah that's the thing so the wild card it used to be of course you know the second best team outside of the traditional divisional winners would make the playoffs and uh right away i think of teams like the florida marlins back in the day but you know they wanted to they wanted to have the the incentive of winning the division and then it was oh we're going to do the one game uh you know wild card and then people were like, well, wait a minute. It should be like a three-game series. And now it's back to where you do have like a wild-card series. And the home team or the uh, division winners get this extra rest, which now it feels like it's gone back the other way, where the wild-card, you still want to win your division. But I don't think it's I, – I, I thought going in that it wasn't the worst thing for a team like Texas to not win the AL West and win the wild card and then have like a couple of days off and play a couple of games and have a couple of days off. Whereas now in this case, Houston, they lost that. They lost ALCS to Texas, but they did get out of the first round, even with all the rest or whatever. But you know, they were the only team, I think Milwaukee lost Atlanta lost the Dodgers lost. And so it seems like, you want to win your division, but it's back on the other end where it's like, if you win the wild card, it's getting hot at the right time again. So, yeah, I mean, it's still a case of it, it, the wild card series is a, th- is a three game series. So all it takes is like one or two bad innings during that yep. series and your season is ruined and over. Um, whereas you have a little more flexibility in a five game series. Um, I, this is going to be a topic of, of discussion with baseball. I mean, it, it was something I was brought up. And I, to be honest, I didn't like how it was brought up pretty much right away uh, during this year's playoffs. Like the first game of the series, I think all the the, the top seeds lost. And I, I just didn't like that that was the excuse that was being used. Like it felt almost cheap because it like, you know, the, the, the it just, I don't know, baseball is weird like that because you know, sometimes the, the lesser team wins and it just, it happens. I don't know if it's because of, uh, the, the long layoff between games that, that the top seeds had to kind of sit through or, or what's, um, but yeah, it's, it's something that baseball is going to have to address at some point. It was definitely a topic of conversation. Um, I don't know what the solution is, uh, because I, I mean, theoretically, if you're a wildcard team, I mean, you're going to burn two of your top pitchers, two or three of your top pitchers to win that wildcard series. So when you're when you're starting that next series, like your fourth guy is throwing the first game of the series, and you know what happens if if a team wins the first game of the series. I mean, the, the scales are tipped in that team's favor. So, I mean, that that's kind of the, the, con, the conceptual work behind how they have it set up right now. But uh, there, there's obviously some discontent with how it played out. Uh, last year because most of the top seeds if not all of them lost and you know i i don't know if uh um if uh rangers diamondbacks world series was um 
you know, it, it wasn't the, the biggest series. Like, I mean, of course, baseball wants to see like New York play the Dodgers, you know, that, that that's good for ratings. Like, I don't know. Like to me, it was exciting to watch because like, yeah. you know, a, a, seeing Adoles Garcia become like a, a postseason legend was really cool. Uh, same with Corey Seager. I mean, I know he's he's already has one uh, World Series MVP on his. Re- when he's got yeah. a real World Series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it because I enjoy baseball and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, you know, definitely kind of a weird thing that I, I don't know how they're going to navigate, but they're going to they're going to have to figure something out. Yeah, we know they won't take away wild card teams. They'll just add more teams, if anything. But uh, yeah. so what? What? Uh, what excites you? It's January twelfth. What's What's exciting you in in Jeff Young's world right now? Is it the Forty ers trying to make a Super Bowl run? Is it the Warriors? Just you know, they haven't. They're not quite uh, killing it right now, right? But they're fine. That they they should be fine. Uh, the Sharks suck, but you know, free build. They have prospects. And then the Giants baseball is coming around the corner pretty fast. So, yeah, what's 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 getting you excited? <laughs> what gets yeah. you up in the morning? Uh, right now, I mean, it's what gets me up in the morning. Uh, taking my dog out for a walk, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, Bailey the, needs I, her the, walks. The Bailey does need her walks. Uh, the the Niners are the most exciting team right now in in the Bay Area. Uh, the Warriors are really struggling right now. Um, and there's rumors that they may even kind of try to tear it down um, yep. while keeping Steph Curry, of course. But it's just an aging roster. I mean, you look at these guys, they've been together for 10, 11 years at this point. And I think the hardest decision that teams have to make is uh, champion, I should say, hardest decision at like championship level teams have to make is like when to, you know, start over or when to make a change because like, the giant uh, not the giants but the warriors have had so much continuity that it's like it'd be weird if clay thompson didn't play for the warriors next year but it's not it's not that crazy of a perspective to to consider at this point given where he is at in his career so uh, i mean it's it's going to be interesting to see what the warriors do um there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes with them um there's a lot of discontents and you know, players just aging and Draymond Green, you know, tackling people. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, interesting year for them. But right now, um, it's all, it's all about the Niners. It's not complete, but what do you grade the Giants offseason so far? Like a C? Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to get, ex- I, I'll be really interested to see how Jung Hu Lee, um, develops the projections like him. Um, they see him as like a three or four, like again, projections, the game still has to be played. Um, but that, that's what we have to go off of right now. They see him as about a three and a half win player next year, which would be really nice value, uh, for the giants. Yeah. Um, I, I think they see him similar to guys like Adam Eaton or Edner and Sierra I mean, I think that's kind of the skill set he's bringing to the table. Um, Robbie Ray, interesting upside, same with Jordan Hicks um robbie ray's gonna miss a good bit of time next year so i I don't know what to expect there um jordan hicks is very much an experiment that you expect to see with a team like the tampa bay rays um so i i can understand if if some fans are not too pleased with that concept of an experiment uh so i i mean right now to see i think they had a chance to really make the rotation a strength this year and they're they're betting on upside but it's like unpredict, uh, unpredictable upside. So 
uh, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where they're at. I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good ending. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add that we didn't get into? It's it's all giants all the time. So we we, we touched on all the the key points. Thank you.